Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Adi Bolaños in San Francisco. For the 10th day in a row, California's power grid operator is calling for conservation as the state's energy reserves continue to be taxed because of the heat wave. But things are changing. Most of the state will get some much-needed relief starting today, as temperatures are expected to cool down significantly from earlier this week. Meanwhile, Southern California is going from one weather anomaly to another. That's because of Hurricane Kay. The big news in Southern California is going to be the uh, what happens with the remnants of um, Hurricane Kay as it moves up the Baja coast. It's not going to have hurricane force winds, but um, it will ha- it will bring some rain into probably most of Southern California. That's San Jose State adjunct professor of meteorology, Jan Knoll. We talked with him at the beginning of the week and thought we would finish it out by checking with him again. And uh, the, the, the one thing about all the cloud cover moving in there, it's really going to knock down temperatures. They're going to be mostly in the 80s, though. That, that'll be a, a pleasant change. It'll be fairly humid. It'll feel like um, Florida. But along with pleasantness comes the possibility of gale force winds, thunderstorms, and flash floods in fire-scorched areas. Now moving on to fires, Governor Newsom has declared a state of emergency for Riverside County due to the Fairview fire and for El Dorado and Placer counties due to the Mosquito fire. Firefighters have been struggling to control both fires, which have grown explosively and forced extensive evacuations. The Fairview fire burning near Hemet, about 80 miles north of San Diego, has grown to more than 27,000 acres, with only 5% containment. From KVCR, Jonathan Linden reports. Taquitz High School in Hemet is normally filled with students, but this week it's an evacuation center. And the fire was moving so fast that there was just, we didn't have any time. We only had maybe 15 minutes to get out of the house. That's Rick Fitzpatrick. He and his wife Rosemarie sit in their car in the school's parking lot. The air conditioning hums in the background. There's still pink fire retardant on the armrest in the car. Rosemary says they learned they lost their home on Tuesday. We lost a lot of mementos and a lot of things because we didn't get nothing. We just got out. Two people have died in the fire. Another was injured. As of Thursday afternoon, more than 7,000 homes have been evacuated. Cal Fire spokesperson Richard Cordova says the record-breaking heat wave has made fighting the fire harder. Just what we've seen in the last 10 years with the drought that's been here in California, Our fires have been moving quicker and hotter and more dangerous. The remnants of Hurricane Kay are expected to bring wind and potentially rain to the area today. For the California Report, I'm Jonathan Linden in Hemet. 
Pacific Gas and Electric says its equipment may be tied to the mosquito fire. The large, out-of-control wildfire has exploded in growth in the Tahoe National Forest over the last two days. It's prompted a series of evacuation orders and warnings and has burned several structures and more than 13,000 acres in Placer and El Dorado counties. In an incident report filed with state regulators yesterday, PG&E says the U.S. Forest Service placed caution tape around the base of one of the company's transmission Polls. In a statement, the company said that an electrical fault occurred on one of its lines about the same time the fire started near Oxbow Reservoir. The company adds it has not observed any damage or abnormal conditions to the pole or its facilities near the area where the blaze began. The mosquito fire has sent enormous plumes of smoke into the air that can be seen from more than 50 miles away. It jumped the middle fork of the American River on Thursday and is now threatening the communities of Georgetown, Volcanoville, and Bottle Hill. Mike Blinkenheim is with Cal Fire. It did cross right underneath the community of Volcanoville, made a hard uphill run into the community of Volcanoville, and then got up into the wind and started moving east again. So as, as it stands right now, um, Volcanoville has definitely been impacted. We did have some structures destroyed in there for sure. Um, I don't have a good handle on how many as of just yet, but it is definitely not the whole, not the whole community by any stretch. Cal Fire says the fire is threatening more than 3,000 homes. Along with threatening homes, the fire could impact major infrastructure in the region. Some structures currently at risk include the Sugar Pine Dam, Placer County Water Agency's pump station and dam, several large power lines, the Ralston Hydroelectric Powerhouse, and cell phone towers. The fire is also impacting air quality, as air pollution was recorded at hazardous levels yesterday in parts of Placer, El Dorado, and Sacramento counties. There is no containment on this fire. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. And in other news, L.A. County health officials are investigating the death of a person with monkeypox. KPCC's Jackie Fortier reports. Few details are being released about the case. What we do know is that this person died in L.A. and had monkeypox, but it's unclear if the virus caused the death. Regardless of the details, this is the first monkeypox-related death in California and the second in the U.S. 
California continues to report the largest number of monkeypox cases in the nation, with more than 4,000 to date, though new cases appear to be slowing. L.A. County health officials announced the expansion of monkeypox vaccine eligibility to include people who may have been exposed as more doses of the Genios vaccine become available. For the California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles. A settlement has been reached between a Texas company and the state of California over a massive oil spill off the coast of Orange County last year. Under the agreement, Amplify Energy will plead no contest to state environmental charges. The company will also pay nearly $5 million in fines and penalties and be placed on a year-long probation. A ruptured pipeline caused at least 25,000 gallons of oil to spill into the ocean near Huntington Beach last October. Amplify has been highly criticized for its response to the spill, which was delayed by hours despite several alarms going off in one of its oil rigs. The spill disrupted activity and businesses along the coast for weeks and also left several animals dead, including some protected species. And in other news, the Biden administration has rolled back a Trump-era rule that penalized immigrants who used a wide range of government benefits and led to fear in many California immigrant communities. KQED's immigration editor Taiki Hendricks has more. Immigration law says if a non-citizen is likely to become a, quote, public charge, they can be denied admission or a green card. That's been understood for decades to mean people who'd be primarily dependent on government aid. But in 2019, the Trump administration changed the rule to include anyone who used even non-cash benefits, like food stamps and Medi-Cal. That scared many eligible immigrants away from services for themselves and their families. California joined a dozen other states and sued to block the rule. It was eventually invalidated and is no longer in effect. The new Biden rule restores the prior understanding of public charge. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas said the action, quote, ensures fair and humane treatment of legal immigrants and their U.S. citizen family members. The rule will take effect December 23rd. For the California Report, I'm Taiki Hendricks. Advocates say a ruling that allows private employers to refuse to cover medication based on their religion could severely limit access to PrEP, a drug that prevents HIV. A U.S. district judge ruled earlier this week that a section of the Affordable Care Act violates religious freedoms because it requires private employers to provide coverage for HIV medication. Vince Chrysostomo is director of aging services at the San Francisco AIDS Foundation. He says the ruling could especially affect people of color and women who are at risk for HIV. People should have the right to get what they need to ensure their health. They should have, you know, this is your body. And if you want to protect yourself, you should be able to do that. The exact effect of the ruling remains unclear and it's likely to be appealed. And now to a preview of our sister show, The California Report's weekly magazine. As the state's reparation task force grapples with how to address the lingering effects of slavery, they're also looking at how to preserve the state's early Black history and examine the structural reasons why some Black communities were squeezed out of existence. This week, magazine host Sasha Coca tells us about the Tulare County town of Allensworth envisioned as a Black utopia back in 1908. 
Allensworth was founded by Colonel Allen Allensworth, who was born into enslavement in Kentucky. He had a vision for a California town self-governed by Black residents. The history shows a Black community that was prosperous. They had elected officials here, a constable and a justice of the peace. No other Black communities really had anything like that. It was a shining example of Black self-sufficiency and prosperity. But that prosperity didn't last. Today, Allensworth is a dusty farmworker community, population some 500. And the residents still living in Allensworth don't have clean drinking water. It's contaminated with arsenic. Sherry Hunter's in charge of the town's water system. I'm the one that have to oversee that that water is drinkable. Um, but I'm 66 years old, and I need to be concerned about my health. So I don't drink it. She and her sister, Denise Kadara, are fighting to preserve Allensworth's history and its future. You know, any way that you can keep a community down, it seems like Allensworth has had to deal with that. There is a state park in Allensworth, but it doesn't get many visitors. And some residents feel the park's narrative doesn't give the full picture, how agreements around water and commerce favored nearby white communities and choked off the town. They're hoping more Californians will learn what Allensworth was in its heyday, a self-sufficient, joyful place. You can learn more about how the State Reparations Task Force might make a difference in preserving Allensworth's history. Check out this week's California Report magazine, listen on your public radio station, or download the magazine's podcast. And finally, there were plenty of reasons for Los Angeles Rams fans to celebrate last night, as the team kicked off the NFL season at home at SoFi Stadium. But once the game started, the mood turned sour pretty quickly as the Buffalo Bills dominated, defeating the Rams 31 to 10. And that's the California Report for Friday, September 9th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin, Danny Bringer, Jim Bennett, and Seal Muller. Our producers are Amanda Stupai and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our interim director of news is Ki Sung. Our vice president of news is Ethan Toven Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. Hint, fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute. Coming this fall, the launch of research vessel Falcor 2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration on the web at schmidtocean.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. 
the land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Fettah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast.